Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. A web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves. In the program this week, we look at the comings and goings of the All Blacks with Dan Carter and Steve Hansen. Recap Auckland City's run at the Club World Cup. We talk motorsport with Hayden Patton and Earl Bamber. And investigate the umpire shortage in club cricket. It was big off-season news in the All Blacks camp this week with Dan Carter confirming his departure while the coach Steve Hansen recommitted to the team for another two years. Hansen signed a contract extension until 2017, ensuring he will remain in charge of the national side until after the British and Irish Lions tour of New Zealand. The 55-year-old Hansen's original contract had been until the end of next year's World Cup. Hansen told Stephen Hewson coaching the All Blacks is the best job in the world but wanted to make sure his family, team management and players were happy for him to stay. It hasn't played on my mind. I think it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible honour to be offered the opportunity to continue. and It's not something that uh, weighs heavy on you uh, once you've, you've done your, you know, your, your due diligence. and It's really about making sure that it was right for the team and right for my family, as I said. So once those things were clarified in my mind and, um, you know, we reached an agreement on what was a, a reasonable and fair uh, contract. It, w- it was a no-brainer. So uh, how long did it take you to that point from once Steve approached you to sound you out? Oh, well, we were on tour, so like I, you take the opportunity to talk to people while you're on tour, but you know, I just wanted to work through the process slowly and, and correctly and make sure that you know, when I did make a decision, whether it was to stay or not to stay, it was the right one. You obviously spoke to a few people, players, get a bit of, of feedback. What was the general sense of feedback that you got from senior yeah. members? Oh, look, they thought it was right for the team. So once they said that, you know, I felt comfortable that it was. If it wasn't just me or some of the management saying it was right for the team, it was also some of the players. So uh, that was important. How long do you think a national coach should be at the helm of a team? Do you, do you have any thoughts on how long is too long? I think as long as they've got the desire and the energy to keep improving and to keep leading the way you know you should lead a national team then uh, you know if they're good enough and they've got those things then and their record saying they're good enough to continue then you know you can keep you've got to, you just got to keep making sure that every day you get up you want to get better and you want to be better and that's been one of the things that we've driven in the team you know right from the get go in 2012 we we don't want to sit still because we sit still, we'll get you know run over by by the opposition, and and there's some really good opposition sides out there. You know we've seen that throughout this year, and um, you know so the day that I feel like that I don't have that energy and desire, whether I've got a contract or not, I'll, I'll say like it's time to go because that's what's right for the team, and 
it's really important that uh, you uphold the legacy of the, of the jersey. It's just too important not to, to make the right decisions. What keeps you going then at, at that point, or to be able to operate at that level? Um, I don't know, just maybe the, the, the passion that you have and the huge desire to see this team you know, be the team it can be. and. You know, it's just so important that you don't want to drop the ball. So you know you have to keep working hard. You know you have to keep um, improving. And then, then there's the, you know, the human factor. The, the people you work with, are, you know, they're inspiring. You know, the players are, and so are the staff. You know, and 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 then, you know, the ability to walk out into the middle of a stadium and, and there's 80,000 people there. You know, that inspires you. So. Um, you just keep going back to that legacy and the challenges that come with being in the team. You know, everybody uh, for years and years and years, and it's why this team's got such a great record. Uh, is the expectation to win every test match? Fair, fair. Does that work? Or oh, not? I wouldn't change it for quits because what it does do is it drives the internal expectations even higher. Because you know, if you're in the team, you, you've got a lot more uh, skin in the game. Uh, as it were, to, to, to do that. So no, I'd never change it. How do you think you've changed over since when you took on the head coaching role? Do you, do you see a marked difference in yourself? Oh, probably a little bit wiser, and you know, hopefully learned a few things along the way. And uh, what, what would the players maybe say if they were asked? Oh, that? I don't know. You'd have to ask them that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> What I do now is my role is to, to facilitate what's a complicated game to being a simple game so we can go out and play it and do things rather than think about things. Third question, whether he was talking about Wade Smith and with an involvement 2015, does he like to have any involvement in a World Cup campaign? Uh, well, look, on that subject, we've, we've said once we've got something to tell you, we'll, we'll let you know. Because you were very careful there to say 16 and 17 as opposed uh, to 15. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Do you, I mean the enjoyment factor is obviously still still there for you, and and you mentioned you're getting up each morning. Mm. Is there ever, there must be some days though where you go, I'm not sure I do want to be here. Oh, very 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 rarely. You know, probably the last time uh, I felt like that was when we got you know knocked out in 2007. You know, because it was just such a disappointing result and. Uh, but then, you know, as the day went wore on, you thought the resolve within yourself to say, well, look, you know, we've got to do something about this. We've got to own this problem. It's our problem. It's no one else's. And thankfully, the rugby union gave us that opportunity to own it. And, uh, you know, I think that was a, a, um, a changing point, really, in our World Cups because all the other failures, new coaches came in and they didn't have to own it. It wasn't my fault we lost. And, um, now that's why I believe uh, you know, we, we went to 2.11 and we learnt so much because we had to own it in 2.7 and some of that stuff we, you know, we'll, we'll take with us into 2.15 because you know, this is the first time we're going back to an overseas uh, tournament. Do you ever feel you're at the point that you feel comfortable in the role or do you always feel there's that anxiety, that edge? Um, well look, I, I'm comfortable in the role. You've got to be. If you, if you weren't, you, you'd go nuts because there's so much scrutiny. Um, you either adapt or it's like playing. Like when you first come into the All Blacks, it's very, very daunting. 
know, as a player, and it's the same when you're you know, part of the management, whether you're a coach or, or uh, you know, doing something else, isn't it? You know, the, the physio, it's daunting because there's so much legacy and so much history that comes with it. But once you can accept that, yeah, OK, well, from now on, you were Steve Hanson, the all-black head coach, and all the things that come with that, then you can get on and, and be yourself and, and do the job. And uh, so that allows you to be comfortable and it allows you to operate in, in the way you should be. Uh, do you need an edge? Yeah, of course you do. You know, you can't, you can't be laid back all the time, but you've got to be able to turn it on and turn it off. You can't stay up the whole time, otherwise, again, you're going to implode. So, but you can't, at the same time, turn off completely either because you know, you, you're going to get lazy and, and, and let things happen and, and you're going to disregard and take it for granted. And if you take this job for granted, you're going to go out the back door. That's All Blacks coach Steve Hansen talking to Stephen Hewson. Meanwhile, Carter's confirmed speculation about his post-World Cup plans, announcing a move to the French club Racing Metro on a three-year deal believed to be worth around $2 million a year. He spoke to reporters about his decision to leave New Zealand rugby. Timing has had a big deal to do with it as well. You know, Next year will be um, my 13th year um, playing professional rugby in New Zealand. and um, yeah, it's, a, it's a long time. Um, as much you know as I'd love to, to stay in New Zealand, um, you know, I wanted to explore the options. You know, I just want to play rugby as, as long as I can, basically, and I think it would have been challenging to continue to play in New Zealand um, post 2015. So that's why I explored uh, my options. Um, so looking for a change. Yeah, just looking for a change, and you know, confident that uh, you know that will give me a bit uh, longevity in, in my career, and I'll be able to play another three, four, five years. Did you feel as though after what happened with Perpignan you had unfinished business in France? Uh, not really. Uh, it was, you know, that was disappointing in, in the way that ended. That wasn't how it was uh, supposed, to, supposed to go to plan. But, um, you know, that, that time, you know, living in France, it gave me a better understanding of, um, you know, what it's like to, to live in France, it's an amazing country, and you know, I'm looking forward to, to living there again in the future. Um, gave you an understanding of you know the top 14, the competition, and the European Championship, the, the competitions that uh, are played over there, and you know that, that was a, you know exciting, and you know uh, I guess when I was sort of making my decision, you know having that experience of you know the time in, in Perpignan, uh, you know helped with with the decision. And as Steve says, there's a few players, but how will it feel, do you think, when you finally say goodbye to the All Blacks? Yeah, it's just going to be, uh, you know, pretty emotional, I'd say. Um, and even sitting here, I was just talking out the back, you know, it's some real mixed feelings right now. You know, the fact that, um, you know, I've announced that I'm finished you know, playing my rugby in, in New Zealand, um, you know, post-2015, it's... Uh, you know, it all becomes a bit more real. You know, as a player, that you know the end is going to come at some stage. Uh, and you know, for me to, I guess, announce my my future you know, post 2015, it's it's all become a bit more real and the reality around it. And it's it's all I've known for the last uh, last 12 years. You know, and it's something that uh, means a lot to me. You know, that All Black jersey and playing here and. That's why you know I've re-signed, um, you know, 
couple of occasions that, that Chewie talked about is because uh, you know my love for for the black jersey and um, yeah, to to know that uh, it's coming to an end. Um, you know, it's pretty emotional, but uh, exciting at the same time. You know, it's a huge year next year that I'm um, really excited about, and hence the reason wanting to to get these negotiations and sort out my my future nice and early, um, so I can put that all behind me and, and concentrate on you know the exciting year ahead. Yeah, most people will see that second destiny lines as your greatest ever as a black. Do you, and or if not, which which one? Oh, I think my first test would be you know right up there. It's the one that, that sticks in my memory uh, the most. Um, you know, it's when the dream became a reality. That's always wanted, uh, what I wanted to do, and, um, and to do that for the first time was pretty special. My hundredth was uh, you know, a very special moment for me and my family as well. And I guess performance-wise, um, that test match you're talking about, the second test against the Lions, you know, is probably be the best game I've, I've played in in All Black jersey. Three years is quite a long. You're going to be 36 when you have to finish. Um, Given the injuries you've had the last year or two, yeah. is that, do you think it's actually extended your career because of the having that football league? Yeah, no, it's, it's a funny way of looking at it, but I, I do, you know, because of the time off that I've had and actually, you know, the chance of my extended break earlier in the year, able to work on my body and, um, you know, I've been able to learn a lot about my body and what I need to do, you know, I have to sort of work harder and, and smarter with, with my training than, you know, what I had to do, you know, five, six years ago. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed, you know, it is a three-year deal, but, you know, I won't be starting over there until December uh, 2015. So I guess it's, um, you know, it's, I guess, a, a huge leap of faith from, you know, Metro Racing for, you know, signing me for for three years. Um, and, you know, like I said earlier, it's uh, a sport I love uh, so much and, you know, I just wanna, want it to continue for as long as possible. Dan, there's been a bit of speculation that it's a, it's a pretty... Um Big money deal. Um, I know you won't reveal details, but um, can you just talk about, I guess, your motivations, i.e., and whether it's about securing future for you, for you and your family, uh, versus the experience. You know, what motivated you to make this move? Is money part of it? Um, yeah, I mean, when you're starting to make decisions uh, about your future, and you know, I've got a young family, you know, that definitely comes into play. It's probably the most important thing, and and I think the stage. Um, that we're at, you know, for the young family, I think it's a perfect opportunity to go and experience living outside of New Zealand. Um, so, you know, that, that was a big factor, and, and obviously, realizing that you can't play rugby forever, and you know, you want to make the most um, most of that opportunity, sort of financially, to set yourself up um, for the future, was a big big part of it as well. Um, and. Paris is, is not a bad place to, to live <laughs> as well, one of my favourite cities, so you know, quite excited about that. Will this city up for life? I'm not too sure, it depends what kind of lifestyle I um, Like I haven't even thought about that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with where we got um, with the contract negotiations. You know, the Essentially team did a fantastic job and, and uh, you know, getting the levels that, that we were happy with and um, yeah, I guess it's not about what you're in, it's what you do with your money and that's something that I've been working uh, hard on the last, uh, probably the last five, six years to to make sure that I'm, I'm making the most of the, the money that I have earned and, and will earn uh, while being a rugby player.
Auckland City's improbable run at Football's Club World Cup came to an end on Thursday with an agonising 2-1 extra time loss to the South American champion San Lorenzo in the semi-final in Marrakech. After winning their first two matches, the club's supporters were hopeful but realistic about their side's chances of earning a spot in the final against Real Madrid. But they still turned out in force to support the team. I went to watch the match with them at their club rooms. He's through it here, big chance, a short bit of Balanca across into the net. Auckland the level, astonishing. 50 of Auckland City's biggest fans erupted in the club's Sandringham headquarters as unheld Belanga's 67th minute equaliser gave them a chance of pulling off an unlikely victory. When the scores were still tied after 90 minutes, their fans remained upbeat. Now, mate, I think we expect to win, to be honest, eh? I mean, we should have won that, we should be 2-1 up and the game all over, but, uh, mate, nervous but confident. However, the club was silenced early in extra time when Mauro Matos scored the game winner for San Lorenzo, ending their amateur opponent's dream run. It was deflating for Auckland fan Matthew Vuksic, but he's proud of the way the team performed on the world stage. Kept on believing after each match it could do better and better and um, they did you know, better again today but this quite couldn't get there in the end. But uh, that's football, you know. They are the greatest team in South America so yeah, we've done very well for a little team from Sandra and I the team's coach, Ramon Trebuliac, called the result a moral victory and hopes their performances will boost football in New Zealand. It's great that we have, you know, sort of awakened people and people uh, have recognised that we, you know, we're a good football side. We represent New Zealand around the world uh, in a good way and that it's, uh, I suppose that it's good for the game in New Zealand. You know, hopefully people uh, understand that, uh, you know, the football around the world is very important and we can play the game as well. There will certainly be financial benefits for the sport, with the club earning more than $2.5 million, a portion of which will be distributed between New Zealand football and other National League clubs. Auckland City plan to use the money to clear more than $100,000 worth of debt and put the remainder towards a new training ground. But the club chairman, Ivan Vuksic, isn't thinking about money yet, instead taking a moment to reflect on the team's achievements. It's beyond my wildest dreams, I'm sure it's beyond the, the, the wildest dreams of a lot of people around this club. But I think it's a reflection of the really hard work, the dedicated uh, volunteers, because most of us are volunteers. And oh, look, it's just a, maybe it was just a bridge too far today. They were exhausted, absolutely exhausted. And I've got to be proud of them, absolutely. Auckland City have one more game in Morocco, a third place playoff against the Mexican side Cruz Azul on Sunday morning. It's a significant week for New Zealand motorsport with two of the country's star drivers signing deals. Hayden Patton will return to the WRC with Hyundai Motorsport, while Earl Bamba has moved up a step with Porsche. Patton has confirmed an extended program of at least nine events next year, three more than he drove with the Hyundai team this year. His first event will be round two in Sweden in February. Patton told Barry Guy that the process of re-signing took a lot longer than planned, and he's happy to be racing more in 2015. It's a minimum of nine, uh, so we'll likely be doing more than that. So we'll start with round two in Sweden and basically continue through to the end of the season. So, you know, this is as close as you can get to a full season, if you like. So, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good program. Uh, it's going to give us good seat time and, and, and some good testing. So uh, it should allow us to be a lot more competitive. And I understand you're keen to stay at Hyundai. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, they, they gave us uh, the chance and the break, uh, if you like, this year. So the the loyalty side does come in, but, it, you know, we're looking long-term as well. Um, and obviously Hyundai has a, a long-term commitment in the WRC, and 
um, you know, we, we want to be part of that. So it's, um, you know, we're not just looking at 2016, we're looking beyond it as well. Yeah, long term is, you know, an issue because you see manufacturers come and go. Yeah, and, and particularly in, in, in rallying, um, you know, there, there are only four manufacturers involved, so um, there's not a whole lot of choice and option, but, um, you know, Hyundai is obviously new. The, mm. This year was their first year, so they're still developing, and over the next, you know, one to two years, they, they want to be at the front winning, so, um, you know, it's, it's quite a nice challenge being part of that development process, if you like. And I see they were quite complimentary of you too, your feedback and, and those sorts of things. So they're getting um, some goods out of you. Yeah, I'd like to think so. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, you know, to, to get an offer to, to continue with them um, maybe means we did an okay job, which is always good. But of course, uh, next year will be a different kettle of fish. Um, okay, the first part of the year will still be a big learning year, learning part for us, but then uh, the second part of the year will be expected to to uh, put in some better performances and get some better results. So that puts a bit more pressure on in that respect. I suppose they never actually can promise you too much in the future, but, um, you know, that that does look bright, does it? Yeah, well, like, like any sport, everything's result-driven. So uh, at the moment, it's still a, a one-year contract, so we, we do need to go out and get the good results and uh, show more speed and, and continue to develop. So you, just, you can't stand still, um, and next year's no different, so... Um, beyond that, it'd be nice to try and get a multi-year deal uh, together. Uh, so, what rallies um, will be new to you next year? Uh, well, the third rally, uh, the championship in Mexico, is a new one that we haven't done, uh, and then a couple of the rallies early on, like so Sweden and, and Argentina, uh, we, we've done once before, but uh, a few years ago. So, um, the, the rallies that we don't have a lot of experience of, so. Yeah, the, the first sort of three or four rallies we're doing are uh, ones we you know, don't have a lot of experience of, but then beyond that we can go back to the rallies that we did this year and they're the ones that we need to try and um, show our stuff. So it's not like you're winning a million dollars in prize money or anything like that? You're not an, a, a millionaire or anything just because you've got a factory drive? Uh, for me, I feel like a millionaire because I get to drive a wood rally car and a, and a manufacturer team, so... Um, no, we're not getting any money in the bank as such, but, uh, you know, we're not in the sport to do that. So, um, you know, we're very happy with the outcome and it gives us a chance to do what we want to do. I wonder if I could just ask you a general question. Uh, you know, we've got Scott Dixon competing in North America. I've just spoken to Earl Bamba this morning. He's just signed a, a new deal with Porsche. We've got Dylan Hartley at a Porsche Le Mans series we've got yourself what's the uh, you know what's new zealand what have new zealand drivers got that are that are doing things on the world stage uh it's a tough one we seem to be going through a, a generation of new zealand drivers that are doing uh really really well on the international scene and you know considering our not only our small population but also our you know, the logistics from coming from here and, and the financial difficulties in motorsport it's pretty amazing um, how many Kiwis are on the world team. So um, I guess coming from down at this end of the world, there's probably two things that help us. Is that one, you can start motorsport a lot younger down here than anywhere else in the world. Uh, so that certainly helps. But I also think the whole Kiwi attitude of you know getting in, doing it yourself, and and basically not giving up. 
um, definitely shines through uh, onto the World Stage Motorsport. Meanwhile, the former Whanganui driver Earl Bamba will join the Porsche factory team next year. Bamba won the Porsche Super Cup title this year as part of the German Manufacturer's Scholarship Programme. Bamba, who has lived in Malaysia for the last three years, will pilot a 911 RSR in the US Sports Car Championship next year. Bamba told Barry Guy about his rise up the ranks. This year I was um, in the I was the Porsche International Cup Scholarship um, basically recipient. Um, and what you are is you're associated with Porsche um, as like a development driver, but you're not in their factory squad. Um, so um, it's basically like a test out or a tryout, and uh, we have five guys, um, four juniors and one cup scholar, um, all coming from the Carrera Cups around the world chosen, and then we're watched, and if you're good enough, then they uh, move you to the factory squad, which is where I've been moved to now. So they're obviously impressed with you? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good season for us. We uh, won the Porsche Mobile One Super Cup, which, was their, which is their biggest championship. Um, and then uh, also had a, had a run with a factory car at Petit Le Mans, where we managed to secure the um, Manufacturer's Championship for Porsche's return to the USA. And we finished second in the race. So, um, yeah, it was a good year for, for myself and, and also for Porsche. So are you racing a, a, a USA North American circuit next year, are you? Uh, at the moment, the plan is, is that I do um, Daytona um, for the moment, and they are finalising the driver lineups between WEC and uh, North America. But it uh, looks like I will do North America, yes. So the type of racing you do, is it the extended ones or is it uh, uh, shorter more traditional races? Yeah, so now I, um, now I have a whole new learning curve. Uh, coming from 10 lap sprint races, now we go into three hour. Normally the, the shortest distance is three hour, average distance is six hours, and uh, our longest is the twice around the clock with the Daytona 24 hours. And driving a Porsche 911, that must be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, um, the Porsche 911 RSR is an incredible piece of uh, machinery that they managed to build. Um, you know, it's one of the fastest GT cars you ever drive in the world, so it's, it's a, nice, uh, a nice thing to be able to drive each weekend. Now, you've driven a lot of things. You know, you're an open wheel and all those sorts of things. Are you happy with the progression you've made and where you've got to now? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I absolutely love where I'm at the moment. Um, you know... Every day, it's beautiful to drive a 911. Um, I come out with a huge smile on my face uh, every time I drive the cars on, on the weekends, good or bad. So, um, you know, I, I really cannot complain. And, um, you know, at the moment, at this point in time, I couldn't think of anywhere else I'd, I'd like to be. Uh, I love the endurance racing as well, so it's great. Now, uh, Dylan Hartley is involved with Porsche as well, isn't he? So there's some sort of synergy there, is it? What, what's it about New Zealand drivers? Um, well, he's he, yes, he's with Porsche, but he's on the nine uh, nine nineteen project, and that's uh, completely different to to our project, which is with the GT. So, um, same manufacturer, but to be honest, we don't see each other that often because um, we're in two completely different things. But New Zealand drivers are doing well, though. Hayden Patton's re-signed with Hyundai and the WRC. Yeah, I mean it's. 
it's fantastic to see so many um, quick New Zealanders that are going well out there. Um, you know, it shows the pedigree of New Zealand. Um, it shows the ladder that we had in place over the last 10 years, um, you know, being able to produce these drivers. And it also shows um, the fantastic support that local sponsors have given, you know, um, for myself, a credit to the Giltrap uh, group um, for supporting me in, in my younger career and also um, still to today as well. So it's um, fantastic that we have that whole system in New Zealand. That's Earl Bamba talking to Barry Guy. Top club cricketers are being forced to officiate games themselves due to an umpire shortage. Cricket Wellington umpires chairman Grant McAllister says usually two premier grade games in Wellington every weekend go without umpires, while Canterbury, Hawke's Bay and Palmerston North are also struggling for numbers. McAllister told Max Toll prospective umpires are balking at the time commitment and the growing amount of abuse in the game. We are struggling in Wellington and we're also struggling throughout the country. We don't actually have enough umpires across you know, all parts of New Zealand. You know, some areas, people are umpiring by themselves regularly, which is not, not ideal, and we struggle to go below many senior grades, doing women's, doing you know, college, is just unheard of around most of the country. What's the trend been like? The trend's down, and it's been steadily going down for a number of years, but it's not dissimilar to a number of sports where officials are in decline. Any idea why that is? Um, I think... Time-wise, cricket is hugely time-consuming. You know, you're looking at a day, you know, men's premier game starts at 11, so everybody's there before 10. It can go to 7.30, depending on weather. So that's a big chunk of your day. It's actually longer than a, than a working day. There's an element of player behaviour. You know, people just get sick of that. So there's a range of things. It's not just one particular thing that's, that is an issue. Is abuse a problem? Do you think that might be affecting why numbers are going down? It's not so much abuse. It's just there's a whole range of things. There's abuse of umpires. I mean, you get, you would all get some umpires who think, OK, I'd rather walk away from it than actually take the necessary action that's there and available. And we do get good support from our cricket associations throughout the country in cases of you know dissent and those sorts of things. Um, but sometimes it's just the stuff between teams. You know, um, they think some of the banter is just, you know, funny and all part of cricket. Well, well it just actually makes the day quite, you know, hard work for, for umpires. What's the pay like for uh, for umpires? I mean, I can't imagine it's it's at the, at the top end of the scale. Um, there's no pay in, in club cricket. We get a match fee to cover costs and expenses. We're lucky enough in Wellington we get that. Not all associations provide expenses for the umpires. So if you look at the, the people we've got umpiring at the moment, they all love cricket. It's their, it's their number one sport, without a doubt. And it's really encouraging more and more people who are already involved in the game to continue to be involved in the game. But, you know, the biggest thing we get from, from players, oh, no, I can't bother doing that. Standing up there all day. You know, they're willing to play the game, but they're not actually willing to umpire the game. It's not an easy fix, and it's something we just have to keep trying all the time, keep promoting, and just keep working our way and trying to get people involved. Targeting individuals doesn't often work. It's really people who really want to do it. They will come forward and they'll, they'll do it. It's not easy. That was the Cricket Wellington Umpires Chairman Grant McAllister talking to Max Toll. That's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radioNZ.co.nz. You can find us on Twitter at RNZ Sport and you can catch the latest sports news anytime on our website. I'm Alex Coogan Reeves and we'll be back with the final extra time of 2014 next week. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.